That's right, everybody. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and making this your podcast or your live stream of choice. I'm your host, John Greenwald Jr. And today I'm doing a little bit of a breakdown of a document that I've talked quite a bit about, or at least mentioned on this channel and also in podcasts that uh, has really not been been put into detail uh, in the way that I like, because some people will hear me talk about it and they will hear me talk about uh, the secrecy deepening behind UAP and go, what is John talking about? We hear about UAP all the time. It's in legislation. It's uh, being bantered about in congressional hallways. This is it. We're on a road to disclosure. Well, au contraire, because there is stuff going on now behind the scenes. And now this document coming out kind of showing the world that secrecy is clamping down on this topic. Now, I first got this document. Again, it's called a security classification guide or in brief a SCG late last year in 2021. It didn't make a whole lot of headlines because I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's just not sexy. I use that phrase a lot because it's the truth. You need some flashy, some kind of uh, mind blowing information or, or implication behind documents to get that national attention. This didn't really get that, nor did I expect it to. But to be honest with you, it's probably one of the again, in my opinion, one of the most important documents that I've gotten in regards to UAP. Now, why is that? And let me go ahead and tell you guys, get my laser pointer here so I can point to some stuff. This is the cover page, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Security Classification Guide ID 04-030 from the Naval Intelligence Activity or NIA. Now, why do I think that this is the most important document? Well, just to give a very brief background, I was going to do a little bit more history on the SCGs, but I decided not to. I welcome you guys all to look it up. It's not exclusive to UAP, but the in short nutshell version is that every <clears throat> topic, program, or type of information has a guide on how it's classified. Some is very generic, meaning there's not a specific guide for every little thing that may be classified, but rather you'll find them for more specific programs or in this case, topics. And, in, and what essentially they do is they break down how and why to classify it. And it defines the secrecy behind, again, that program or the topic. So in this case here, UAP. So this SCG defines the security classification behind UAP and outlines that any information that's created by UAP breaks down essentially what is classified and what's not. Another way to kind of summarize that is when you create a memo, a report, you don't just go, uh, ah, well, it's top secret. You know, there's a reason that things are top secret. There's a reason that things are secret or, or confidential or unclassified for official use only. So there are manuals and stipulations for all of that that breaks down why things are classified. So let's get into this document here because I knew back in, I think 20, early 2020, they were working on this. And through FOIA found banter by Joseph Gratisher within the Navy emails. That was kind of the first thing that confirmed it in writing just through research and talking prior to that, I already had a request in for it because I knew 
that this thing was either being worked on or likely on the books already. So my request was already there, but then I got supporting evidence through another FOIA release that the uh, one of the spokespeople talking about UAP when they still were within the U.S. Navy talked about a security classification guide, again, defining the secrecy for UAP. So I knew it was a matter of time before I could at least get hopefully some of this released to the general public. When I finally got it late last year, it was heavily redacted. We'll go over every page. It's not uh, too lengthy, but I at least want to break it down for you guys to help prove my point of when I reference this deepening secrecy, this is why. This particular page, we can't uh, read the majority of the names except the approval, Mr. Scott Bray. Now, if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, he was one of the ones that testified before Congress and essentially he approved all the secrecy. So when they deny me or deny you or deny a, a, a journalist uh, asking at a, at a uh, press podium uh, or a uh, press conference and, and they say no, Scott Bray is the one who approved all of this secrecy. So to have him testify at the hearing, I had already known his name by this, and I thought, okay, well, we're probably not going to learn too much. To my surprise, we actually learned more than what I thought, but regardless, it was still not as much as obviously we all wanted, but he's the man that approved it. The reviewer from the Special Security Offices or SSO US Navy, we don't know who that is, but there was a review process there, and then the preparation. Office of Naval Intelligence, or ONI, this was the location of the UAP task force at the time. I will bet money that that is Jay Stratton. Uh, you know, it, it's it kind of makes sense. Jay Stratton was the one that originally wrote the statements that I got way back, I believe, in 2019. It was September 11th uh, is when I published that story that truly did go viral. It was picked up by hundreds of outlets throughout the world when they finally went on the record and said those three videos they labeled as UAP or designated them as UAP. Uh, the reason why that story was so big was that they had never acknowledged the video's authenticity, even though, again, most everybody assumed them to be true. They never wanted to talk about them uh, or address them or admit that they were officially released. So with those facts, they never talked about what was in the videos. So we know Luis Elizondo described them on paper in his official filing as drones, balloons, and UAS. Um, but what was odd was they labeled them as UAP. I was floored by that. I didn't expect it. And, uh, and again, that story went viral. When I did subsequent FOIA requests to that story, I had discovered that although Joseph Gratisher, again, that spokesperson for Navy, gave me that statement, uh, it was Jay Stratton who had created that statement. And in fact, the statement was much longer. Gratisher cut it down. I was able to get the full statement, published it months later. It was at that moment, Jay Stratton was a mystery to everyone. Uh, well, you know, despite a select few insiders, but Jay Stratton was a mystery to the general public. I had no idea who he was until that moment. That's when he went on my radar, and I have followed him ever since. Since then, it came out that he was involved in the UAP effort, uh, going back to the OSAP days, 
likely is Axelrod and Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, but I, I've never officially confirmed that. But again, there was a lot of rumors because people started talking about this guy. Uh, but he's been on my radar for years for that reason, because if you're crafting the statement about UAP, you are someone. It was then assumed he was the director of the UAPTF, but never confirmed. Never confirmed through official statements that I'm aware of. I've never seen one, but ironically, got it confirmed through a NASA FOIA release. Mistake or not, I'm not sure, but they revealed Jay Stratton's name and referred to him as the director of the UAP task force. So that solidified it. Again, some of these things we kind of logically conclude, but then when we get the hardcore evidence, then you can use that in future cases and so on. So that's the breakdown of the signature page. Here's uh, the next page, section one, identifying data. This is just the identifying data to the SCG itself, um, the subject unidentified aerial phenomenon, um, the unit of primary responsibility, that's the PR, uh, the Office of Naval Intelligence, uh, the certifying authority, CA, Mr. Scott Bray, Director of Naval Intelligence Agency, top secret original classification authority, effective 17 June 2019. So we know that even before it was officially approved, there was stuff in 2019 that was likely still defining that secrecy for UAP. Um, this was, I believe, the official date of publication, which was April 16th, 2020. And then I believe the RD stands for rescind date. So it essentially stays on the books until April 16th, 2025, unless it is extended. Uh, the RD... Um, Prior to this, I, I couldn't quite find a document to authenticate that acronym, but I'm pretty sure it's rescind date, and they're going to use it until then again, or if something is published. Section two, general instructions, the purpose, this classification guide is issued for the purpose of identifying specific topics of information associated with the Office of Naval Intelligence Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task, Task Force that meet the standards and criteria for classification and protection in accordance with Executive Order 13526, Classified National Security Information, as amended, and its implementing directives. Authority. This guide is issued under authority of SECNAV M5510.36 and Executive Order 13526. DOD Manual 5200.01, Volumes 1 through 4. This guide constitutes authority and may be cited as the basic classification, regrading, or declassification of information and material involved in UAP collection and analysis. Changes in classification required by application of this guide shall be made immediately. Information identified in this guide for protection as classified information is classified by the Director, Naval Intelligence Activity, a top secret original classification authority. Classification challenges. If at any time security classification guidance contained herein is challenged, or temporary markers of a higher classification are made, the items of information involved shall continue to be protected at the level prescribed by this guide until a formal decision by an appropriate authority is made. Classification challenges should be addressed to the PR, or Primary Responsibility Office, generally you see that as OPR, noted in section one above. Reproduction, ex extraction, and dissemination. This guide may be reproduced and disseminated as needed. However, to ensure receipt of updates, revisions, and classification changes, Whenever this guide is disseminated beyond an initial address, notify the PR. Public release. The fact that this guide shows certain details of information to be unclassified, including controlled unclassified information, does not allow automatic public release of this information. 
DOD or Navy information requested by the media or members of the public or proposed for release to the public by DOD civilians or military personnel or their contractors shall be processed in accordance with DOD Manual 5200-01, SECNAV M-5510.36, DOD Directives 5230.09, DOD Instruction 5230.29, DOD 5400.7-R, and Secretary of the Navy Instruction 5720.42G as applicable. I'm reading that, obviously, for the audio version and those taking notes. Proposed public disclosures of unclassified information regarding UAP shall be processed through the Cognizant NIA, or Naval Intelligence Agency Freedom of Information Act officer. Let me stop right there. What's really interesting about this, and this is just a little bit of speculation, but DOD or Navy information requested by the media or members of the public or proposed for release to the public by DOD civilians or military personnel or their contractors shall be processed in, in accordance with. What's interesting is they have to stipulate all that because you go back to the gimbal, the FLIR, and the GoFast videos. At that time, there was no security classification guide for UAP information. So it was proposed to be released through what's called a DD Form 1910 filed by Luis Elizondo. These videos, which the Navy labeled as UAP, which this document defines would or should be classified secret or above, if, if it goes in, this guide would apply. But in 2017, when Luis Elizondo filed that, there was no security classification guide. So they were either mislabeled, not properly labeled, you fill in the blank, but regardless, they were not ever talked or labeled UAP, but rather, again, balloon, UAS, drones, and so on. So there was no mention of it. This is stipulating that anything that falls under this category that's being proposed for release, like a DD Form 1910, this has to apply, which you will learn in a few minutes, puts it at a security classification of secret or above, which would be top secret. So this defined all that. So is that line in there to ensure that if anybody else came along and filed a DD form 1910 and said, hey, this balloon video should be declassified, uh, it's not going to slip through the cracks. So very interesting line there that, that I felt um, was there for a reason. But let me stress, that's just speculation. All right, number six, foreign disclosure. And don't worry, there's not a whole lot of reading here just simply because a lot of it's redacted, which you'll learn in a minute. Foreign disclosure, any disclosure to foreign officials of information classified by this guide shall be in accordance with the procedures set forth in Secretary of the Navy Instruction 5510.34A and Department of the Navy Foreign Disclosure Manual of September 2007. If a country... Sorry... If a country with which the DOD has entered into a reciprocal procurement memorandum of understanding or offset arrangement expresses an interest in this effort, a foreign disclosure review must be conducted prior to issuance of a solicitation. Seven, definitions, unidentified aerial phenomena. Any aerial phenomenon that cannot be immediately identified, period. That's their identification uh, and definition of what a UAP is. This here's the uh, essentially what they call the authority block. This is put at the bottom of the pages that are classified and classified with this as the authority. So essentially you will see references to the SCG, 
of whatever the topic or program name at hand that defines that classification. In this case, in this case, it's telling anybody using the manual, this is how you identify a classified document and the authority being this guide classified by Mr. Scott Bray, Director, Naval Intelligence Activity, Reason 1.4C, declassify on. And then I'll show you some real examples of this, but essentially the date that it's declassified on. Identification, where information pertaining to UAP has been obtained or developed through the use of classified sources or methods. The, the proper classification of a resultant item of information or material will be the highest classification set forth and either this classification guide or the classification guide or guides applicable to the sources or methods used to obtain UAP information or material. Accordingly, information about UAP designated herein as secret slash R-E-L-F-V-E-Y may well be top secret slash SCR special, com uh, um, special compartmentalized information slash no foreign or no foreign intelligence due to the sources or methods through which the UAP information was collected. In those cases where the sources or methods used to acquire the UAP information or material would lead to a higher classification level, the applicable SCG pertaining to those sources or methods should be cited as the classification authority, not this guide. In other words, in plain English, because I know that's a mouthful, UAP information comes in at the secret level. Any sources, methods, or let's say like an instrumentation or something like that that gathered that information, you're not going to put top secret acquired information in a secret document. So essentially, you're going to have a top secret classification on it. And then in, again, more legal jargon and, and their military speak, <clears throat> instead of referencing the UAP security classification guide, you will rather reference that other authority that authorized that top secret level. You'll see here, now we're starting to get into quite a bit of blacked out information. Number three, so that whole number two is, is redacted. We don't know what that is. Number three, goal and mission. The mission of this task force is to detect, analyze, and consolidate and exploit advanced non-traditional aerospace vehicles posing an operational threat to U.S. national security and avoid strategic surprise. End item. So this essentially now defines the level of secrecy as it pertains to UAP at different levels. And it starts with the stuff that is unclassified. And you'll, this is going to get a little small for me, so I may have to lean in here, but I forgot to, to zoom in uh, on the next slide. But regardless, this again defines what level of secrecy certain things are, starting with unclassified, which is stuff that they can give out. And you'll see it tie in to Pentagon spokespeople statements and stuff like that. So things that they're okay for for allowing you and I to know, that's unclassified and so they define that. And so anybody using this guide can start blind and go, oh, okay, number one, the term unidentified aerial phenomena is unclassified. So they know that they can say UAP out in the open. Sounds silly, but all of those things have to, do, to be defined. Other examples of um, showing why that's not silly is a classified code word. So in a, cl a classification guide with a, with a code word, it'll show you if you say this code word, it's classified secret or top secret. The fact that Navy pilots and other Department of the Navy personnel have witnessed and the certain Department of Navy technical systems have detected at unspecified times and places UAPs, that fact is unclassified.
Let me see if I can zoom in. Hey, it worked. Awesome. All right. Now I can read. Uh, this is, let me see if I can. I've never done this feature before. Nope, we can't. Knuckles. All right. No laser pointer, but I'm at 1C. The fact that the frequency of UAP sightings has increased in recent years without any further information regarding when, where, or how often sightings have been reported, that's obviously unclassified. 1D, the fact that Navy has an ongoing effort to gain knowledge and insight into the nature and origins of UAPs as well as their operations, capabilities, performance, and or signatures, unclassified. The fact that Naval Intelligence in general, and the Office of Naval Intelligence in particular, has created a task force to gain knowledge and insight into the nature and origins of UAPs, as well as their operations, capabilities, performance, and or signatures, unclassified. Goal, mission, and purpose. The fact that the task, force, task force's mission is to detect, analyze, catalog, consolidate, and exploit non-traditional aerospace vehicles, UAP, posing an operational threat to U.S. national security and avoid strategic surprise, obviously unclassified. So if you follow Pentagon statements, a lot of those facts, even some of the exact wording was in that. So that's all things that they are comfortable talking about in the open. This here is where it gets really interesting because now we have no idea what they're talking about. We have no idea what points about UAP they will not let out in the open. And you can see here, I love this feature. I had no idea that it's available. Uh, zooming in here, this header I was able to get out intelligence collection, exploitation, analysis, and products. Now, why is this interesting and fascinating to me? It's generally the word exploitation. What are they exploiting? And that's a big question mark. I mean, we only have speculation at this point. Everybody talks about crash retrievals and, and, and stuff that they have in their possession, and that's all well and good. And it probably sounds a lot sexier than it probably is. But this here, I think, is, is starting to show between exploitation and analysis that there are things revolving around those words, exploiting and uh, analyzing, that shows that when it comes to UAP, they have something. Whether it's a piece of a foreign drone, whether it's a piece of a computer chip that uh, they stole from some Chinese factory or Russian factory, whatever. Uh, again, it's pure speculation. But to me, this is telling me that there are points underneath this blacked out material that tie into exploiting and analyzing whatever it is about UAP, and it's all classified. Now, of course, you can analyze a video, and that's fine. I mean, sure, that there may be some lines in here. But can you exploit a video? And I would say probably not. Can you exploit the technology? Yes. That, that's where I lean towards. Now, again, I'm, I'm stressing the speculation part because we have no idea, but regardless, this header is fascinating to me. Uh, also, I always like to point this out. See the difference in redactions here? I would bet that this is a header and this is number four, just looking at the page ahead. And whoever reviewed it first, which gave these redactions with the, the red citation, which you'll see the majority of, you look at this one, it was added after. I bet you this was a second layer of review. The first person thought it was okay to release this header. Second person said, no way. They redacted it for the same national security reason, and they don't tell us.
So I always think those are fun because there are certain people that would have let that slide, other people not so much. So in the end, we've got a whole lot of redaction there. Um, this also supports, this is header number three. This likely was number four because the next page is number five. I zoomed it in here, five relationships, all redacted. As noted, and this is the footnote to that section, so something in here references this. As noted in section one, paragraph B, where information pertaining to UAP has been obtained or developed through the use of classified sources or methods, the proper classification of a resultant item of information or material will be the highest classification of what is stated in this classification guide or the classification guide or guides applicable to the sources or methods used to obtain the UAP information or material. Accordingly, the classification level noted below may be incorrect if the source or method used to collect the information dictates a higher level of classification. Still pretty much the same language we already went over, but they footnote it. I wanted it to make sure that I go over it. This here, I think that this was meant to be one of the first pages. I think this is more just the cover page for the classification guide, um, identifying marks, stuff like that. I won't go over every line, but uh, wanted to show it to you as part of the FOIA release. It was at the end of the packet and so on. Now, why does this matter, right? I know some of that's dry and some of you haven't really seen a lot of the um, comments and stuff, but I bet some of them are you know, like, oh, God, this is boring. It, it actually is. But here's the bottom line over everything that I just went through. And that is when you look at all the secrecy, it essentially mandates that other those other than those unclassified points that I went over that you can read, everything about UAP is automatically put at a secret level, everything beyond those basic points, everything. It's defined here. All of those other points, all those other aspects, all of those other exploitation realities, all that other analysis, uh, data points and stuff like that, all classified, secret, if not above. So this is the reason, this is the hindrance from us knowing what's real. And the guy that's testifying to Congress is the one that approved all this. He's the one that said, yep, no, this is, uh, this is great, guys. I fully support this level of secrecy. And you can see here, there's a lot. Couple points we can read, all basic, we've known them for years. Everything else, 100% classified. They won't tell you. So that conversation that has changed, which is great in the last few years, and I'm very encouraged that there's congressional legislation and stuff like that, all of that is fine. But the problem is at the end of the day is that you get very little. Why? Because the guy that's testifying is the guy that approved the secrecy. And that secrecy that he approved essentially classifies almost everything. And so even though we hear the words UAP and they're talking about it within the halls of Congress and there's some legislation going out there, the bottom line is senators and congressmen will not disobey their security oath. And even though they love to tell you and I that there's this push for transparency and we want to tell you what happened at that UAP hearing when it got interesting in certain questions and certain angles that came up. We can talk about that more in a closed session. That's what we're going to be faced with and how many that were in that hearing pushed back. I didn't see any. None of them said, no, 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 no. You know what? The public deserves to know. No, of course not, because they are going to appreciate what needs to be kept secret. So when we get to a level that has anything to do with any of that, that I just went over, 
it's classified and we likely will not see pushback from it. So will we get some trickle down information? Sure, absolutely. And it'll satisfy congressional mandates and we'll get another June 2021 report that was nine pages long and told us very little. There was some nuggets in there, but again, very little. Some statistics, some kind of cool stuff. New, arguably, not really. It was just kind of putting some fancier language and a little bit more um, concrete affirmation on what we already knew. Other than that, not so much. Why? This. And that was the issue with all of that. So let me show you some real-time examples of what now this does. I'm going to start with someone else's FOIA request. I highlighted this on the blackvault.com, but I'm starting with Alex Garcia's request. Great researcher who discovered that uh, within the Naval Intelligence Activity, there was a top secret information memo that essentially uh, was about unidentified aerial phenomenon, but it was essentially entirely blacked out. And you'll notice here at the bottom that classified authority block, most people just blow right past it because it just looks like, you know, some additional jargon nobody really cares about. So they look at all the information and it's all blacked out. These are the first two pages. But when you zoom in, this is what authorized all of that classification, the UAP security classification guide, what we just went over. That information that was all blacked out is not scheduled to be declassified until 2045. Again, thanks to that guide. Now, will it come out prior to that? I won't get off on too much of a tangent here. Yes, there's absolutely possibilities. There are mandatory declassification reviews. So if you get somebody who takes your case that you put up and agrees that it should be declassified or something happens where what is classified here in 2022 is not de uh, classified in 2025, that they don't have to wait until 2045 to declassify it. They'll do it ahead of time. But right now it's mandated to stay classified until 2045, thanks to this manual here. This is what happened this week that I thought, hey, let's just go ahead and do this video. And there were a bunch of, it's like 70 plus pages of what these range Fowler reports are. And we've seen some of these range Fowler reports. If you don't know what a range Fowler is, it's essentially something that encroaches on a training exercise is kind of the very quick nutshell version. We saw references to the range Fowlers in the June 2021 UAP report. Um, and, and look, I mean, I'll be honest, I had no idea what that was. It was an interesting term. But once you start digging in, it really does sound like, let's say they're doing a exercise of some kind, a large balloon goes into their training exercise that could uh, potentially interfere with their exercise. Um, some Joe Schmo on the outside of the military facility drives a, flies a commercial drone in, in there, potentially a danger, potentially a, a surveillance issue. Uh, those are considered uh, range foulers, but also within our some additional encounters. So I'm not trying to dismiss the importance of these, but the problem is look at all that redaction. <laughs> and I was gonna do a video when these came out, breaking them down, but it's so hard to read these documents anyway, where you go and then redacted, and then it flew redacted and made a right redacted. It's ridiculous. And you can see here how absolutely God awful uh, it really is as I kind of zoom in there, zoom around and you guessed it. See here at the bottom, it's all authorized by the UAP security classification guide. Again, 
the roadblock. That, that small document that I just went through is the roadblock to all of this. So now we have all of these real world examples of why I'm saying secrecy is deepening. Prior to, to, to 2019, 2018, they denied UFO interest, but I was able to show, in my opinion, undeniable proof of that. I'm working on a, a what will be a, a rather large live a free hangout slash presentation to all of you on this channel. So stay tuned for that. Uh, what I will do is go over that information, kind of dealing with primarily the era between the close of Project Blue Book and the revolution about ATIP. And in my opinion, there's ample evidence that there was a cover-up that they were seeing UFOs, that they were reporting UFOs around the globe, that they were collecting intelligence. So despite what they were saying, there's all this information that proves otherwise. But there was no mandate for automatic classification. So you'll actually see like, for example, the 1976 Iran incident, where you have a amazing encounter that some argue may be explainable, but let's face it, we don't have an adequate one yet where you have multiple UFOs being seen. It's infamously known as the 1976 Iran incident. The original DIA report, the intelligence report, was unclassified. Now, let me use that as a real-world example today. Despite there being an explanation or not, doesn't matter. If there is a UAP security classification guide in 1976 that I just showed you, that report would have automatically been done as secret if not top secret for whatever other reason might apply. But instead, that document, along with quite a few others, remained unclassified because there was not that, that mandate for it to become classified. Other records were classified that dealt with UAP or UFOs, uh, but that was mandated by other classification reasons, let's say a source and method that was defined somewhere else. So I don't want to get too much in the weeds there, but my whole point is, is that there are reports unclassified at the unclassified level that have come out from these intelligence agencies that because there was no classification guide that mandated the automatic classification of it, people like me could come along and get it. It makes it a little bit easier. This the classification guide is making it harder. So I wanted to go over that with you guys, break down some real world examples, and again, support why I say that security I feel is deepening. This talk about we're in the midst of disclosure, um, look, I, I think it's great that some people think that, but the evidence doesn't support it. Disclosure of what? We haven't heard anything yet. And just because Congress is again muttering the, the phrases and acronyms of UAP and unidentified aerial phenomena and so on and so forth. All of that is great. The problem is the evidence doesn't support that disclosure talk. And in fact, that secrecy is deepening. And in fact, the same voices that are telling you we want transparency and we're gonna require reports are getting very minimal reports. But then on top of that, when being told, we can talk more about that in a classified setting, they go, oh yeah, okay, not a problem. You know, we can talk. Why? Because it doesn't matter if they push back or not. They're going to hear it anyway. Then their security oaths and, and clearances take over, and then they don't come out and tell you or I. They just say they're working on it, or there's something strange, or we need to fund this, but we don't get the answers that we're looking for. So that's my justification for saying that the secrecy is deepening. 
So that said, I appreciate all of you listening or watching. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a huge help. Please give me a thumbs up on the video. That really does help with the algorithms. And on top of that, if you're not already, please subscribe to the channel. It's a huge help to me. If you're listening to the audio podcast version, thank you so much for doing so. Uh, if you're not aware that I have those, it's under the Black Vault Radio on Spotify, iTunes, whatever your your favorite radio podcast um, aggregator of choices, or you can stream directly from theblackvault.com, download the MP3 to your audio devices, whatever you need. But wherever you're listening, if you could add a review, huge, huge help. I won't tell you what to put. I do shoot for five stars with these things, but please, if you can, that's a huge help to me. All the important links, like the links to the documents, the security classification guide, range fowler reports, all that I will put in the description below on YouTube and the show notes on the podcast version. That said, thank you all for listening and watching. This is John Greenwald Jr. signing off, and we'll see you next time.